We've been going to the book of Romans since January, if you're a first-time visitor. And we stopped in Romans chapter 8. It's known as one of the greatest chapters in the Bible. So we're going to be spending time in Romans chapter 8 for about seven to eight weeks. And we're almost finished. All right? Today, we are going to cover Romans chapter 8, verses 26 through 27. In fact, I want you to listen to what Paul is saying. Verse 26, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words, and he who searches hearts knows what is is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Is there anybody this morning, let's be transparent, who really struggles with the idea of prayer? I mean, you, you, just two of us, all right, perfect. You and I, I'm going to speak right to you this morning. The rest of you are dismissed. We've already taken up the offering. If you're a visitor, I'm joking. All right, very bad joke, by the way. Um, but there is a challenge about prayer, and this morning's going to be about prayer, and me saying that, you're already thinking, boring, right? But, but, but what's interesting is that Paul speaks about prayer coming right out of him just speaking about suffering. So, let me give an example. Two weeks ago when I spoke about suffering, I talked about these different things that we go through in life because life has flaws, and this world is imperfect, and we are imperfect people, and sometimes things just happen. Our bodies become ill because we are not in our redeemed bodies. And so if you've ever experienced a, a loss, man, you know that how deep that pain really goes. You know that that's something in life that, that you constantly learn how to deal with on a daily basis at some, at some point in your life. And, and if you ever dealt with anxiety, you know how overwhelming this is, that sometimes anxiety and depression couple together. Let's be transparent. It, it makes you want to say what Paul said in the first chapter of 2 Corinthians, I don't even want to live anymore. I mean, let's get real. Paul said, I despaired of life itself, right? I mean, we, we've probably had these kind of thoughts like, Father, I don't want to live anymore. I'd rather be with you than experience depression and anxiety every single day. And I keep praying, and I keep praying, and I keep praying, and you don't take it away. You ever prayed any prayers that God just hadn't taken away? Probably everybody in this room. And the, li the list goes on. Cancer, my goodness. How this word alone just sends chills up your spine for some of you or these horrible memories. And then you have the overwhelming insecurity that we deal with as human beings that we just can't live up to expectations from every direction, right? From our own family members, from our spouses, from our friends, from, from our job, from school, from whatever it is. It's like we just can't live up to these expectations and we are overwhelmed with insecurity. And so Paul speaks about this suffering that we are going to endure when we live here on earth. He's saying, listen, get ready. It's a reality. It's not an anomaly. It's, an, it's the reality. But then he says this. So you will become weak, and you will get to the point of your life, and some of you may know what I'm talking about, where you don't know what to pray. You ever been there? I don't even know. I'm so empty. I'm so hurt. I'm so broken. I've been praying the same thing over and over and over. I don't even know what to say anymore, God. 
I remember um, my wife, when she was pregnant with my second child, uh, we were 20 weeks pregnant. She gets rushed to the ER, and we're in Nashville, Tennessee at this point. And a young rookie doctor came in after about an hour, and they were running tests on my wife. Um, and I say rookie on purpose because the doctor came in, and she hands us a pamphlet and says, more than likely you have cancer, and you're going to lose your child. I'll leave some time to you. And she walks out. And keep in mind, I'm a pastor at this point, but Scripture doesn't speak specifically to this. Like, I know God is real. I know he's there. But Scriptures don't tell me how to deal with this occasion to some extent. And I'll never forget, like, we're somewhat newlyweds, and I'm thinking, I have to be strong for her. I can't show weakness in this moment. And so I'm counseling her, and we're talking, and then. People come in to comfort her and comfort me, and I say, honey, I'm going to go make a phone call. I'll be right back. And, and I go out, and I just remember, and I'm just going to be as real as I can be with you. I just remember, like, there's this mixed emotions, and you've probably gone through it. Like, I'm incredibly angry with God, but God is all I have. Like, I'm just, oh, why did you, ugh. but I need you. Do you know what I'm saying? And I came to this point where, where in my emotions, and I know what God has done for me in my life. My goodness, I know that he's taken me you know, from being suicidal, and I know he's taken me from all this stuff, and he's given me life. And I know he's been so good to me, but in that moment, I was so angry with him. And I think peace is because I knew he had the power to stop it, and I felt like he wasn't stopping it. And so here I am, and, and I remember just sitting down, I'll never forget I called my best friend to tell him the news, and you've probably been here. If you've ever experienced any, my wife and I have experienced cancer and her losing her father. We've experienced all kinds of stuff, but this moment was really close to me. I'm used to counseling people who are walking through this, and now I needed a counselor. And here I was, and I, I'll never forget, it was like, you ever seen those kids who get hit in the stomach, and it's like a 10-second a silent period? They're like... Do you know what I'm talking about? It's like, you know it's going to hurt because it's like 10 seconds of silence, and then boom, it just comes out. I mean, I was outside in front of everybody, and I was like, uh. I was just, it went from being stuck to having no vocabulary to express what I was feeling to just tears and crying and, and anger. I mean, it was a very real expression in that moment. I was unbelievably weak. So weak that I had zero words to pray to God. I didn't even, I didn't have a vocabulary bank to pull from that could express what I was feeling. You ever been there? Like, there's not even words to express what I'm feeling here, God. There's no vocabulary for, to truly express how I'm feeling right now. And here's what Paul, here's what Paul is saying. He said, you're going to come to that moment where you're incredibly weak. Here is verse 26. He is saying, look, when you are incredibly weak, when you don't have the vocabulary bank to pull from, there is fantastic news, great news. When you're by yourself and you're lonely and you're depressed and you're filled with anxiety and depression, great news you are not by yourself. 
Who comes to the rescue? Well, the scripture tells us the Spirit comes and helps you in your weakness. And like what's, what's amazing, you can just look here in the scripture. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Now, all throughout this chapter, it's talking about what the Spirit does, how the Spirit functions. So let me go down the list. Verse 2, the Holy Spirit sets us free. Verse 5, the Holy Spirit changes our thinking. Verse 6, the Holy Spirit brings life and peace. Verse 9, which blows my mind, the Holy Spirit dwells in us. We are the temple in which the Spirit resides in. Verse 13, the Holy Spirit helps us to, to defeat sin. Verse 14, the Holy Spirit's like a GPS. It leads us. Verse 15, this, which is fantastic, the Holy Spirit confirms our adoption. Verse 23, the Holy Spirit secures our eternal destiny. You cannot lose your salvation. And the Holy Spirit is a down a down payment in your life. It's the first fruits. It, it is the down payment to assure you that when you have the Spirit of God, it never leaves you nor forsakes you. It's assuring you that you will spend eternity with Christ. Now we're seeing the function of the Holy Spirit. What else does it do? Man, it keeps going. The Holy Spirit helps you when you are weak. When you're weak in what? Just not weak in any area. When you are weak in your prayer life. For we do not know what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us. So when you are weak, good news. The Spirit comes and helps you to pray. Now, this word can get for some people a little bit weird, all right? Because this has been taken out of its context, and some would say, oh, this is why um, those who are charismatic uh, speak in tongues. This is where they grab that out of. Although this text is not speaking to that. Now listen, for we do not know what to pray. I gave you an illustration, as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes. So we see the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Literally, the Spirit helps us, which means, uh, get the picture in your head. Have you ever seen anybody pushing a car? And it's like going slowly, and all of a sudden, you see somebody get out of the car to help this guy, and they start pushing next to him, and it's going a little bit quicker. So what this scripture is saying is that it helps us to carry this burden. It doesn't mean when the Spirit comes to help you push the car, you're like, appreciate it. Take it over there to the left. Thank you. That's, that's not what God intends. Why? Because God intends for his children to depend on him. And part of why we pray is to depend on God. So when he says the Spirit helps us in our weakness, it doesn't mean the Spirit just takes over and you don't have to do anything. No, no, no. The Spirit helps you to pray, which means the assumption is you are already praying. Now, listen to what he does. For us with groanings too deep for words. So in this chapter, we first saw that creation groans. We saw that humanity groans. And now we see that who is groaning? I'm hearing everything with this. You're right. Now, listen, this, this is a very complex phrase right here. So 
There are three different scholars that I know you'll probably know who they are. Just Most of us will. So I want to tell you how they're all on different pages. Number one, John Piper says that this cannot be the Holy Spirit groaning because the Spirit groaning means that there is sin. Because before then, creation groans because there's sin in creation. Humans groan because there are sin in humans. But the Spirit can't groan because there is no sin. So Piper is saying, this is talking about humans. We are groaning. Then John MacArthur would say, no, 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 that's silly. Look at the text. It's saying the Spirit very clearly is groaning on our behalf. It is the Spirit doing the groaning. All right, what do you do now? You keep studying. So now I went to John Stott. John Stott says, hey, hey, it's both. You're groaning and the Spirit's groaning on your behalf in order to intercede for you. I say, who cares who's groaning? Thank you for interceding. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? So let me, let me get this picture for you. When you come to pray, we normally pray for the things that we want according to our will. Let's be transparent. So, a person who is single, been single for a very long time, will see uh, a guy would see a girl he's interested in. God, help her to think I am hot. Okay? So you pray that prayer. Let me give you an example of what interceding means. So the Holy Spirit takes that prayer, goes to the Father, Father, don't do that to that girl. <laughs> God, please help my workplace to see how great of a person I am and to let them know how lucky they are to have me. God, give me a new boss. God, all this I do, and it just goes on. Spirit gets it. God, God the Father, God the Spirit come together. God the Spirit tells God the Father. They have pride. They're arrogant. They're entitled and discontent. Leave them there until they figure it out. Uh-oh. That one wasn't as cute. Let me give you a better one. Let me give you a better one. I got a better one. I got a better one. God... We drafted Kyler Murray. God, help us to win a whole bunch of games this year. Help my numbers to work out. Please, Lord. Spirit takes to the Father. Spirit says, Father, if they don't go to church and they miss church for football. Oh, that wasn't funny. That wasn't funny, huh? I got a little too personal, my bad. Let me, let me take it back. Let me take it back. I'm, I, I apologize. You get the picture? God, take me out of this suffering. God, heal this cancer. God, I'm tired of my sin. God, I'm tired of feeling like a loser. God, I'm tired of my wayward child. God, I'm tired. Take me out. Spirit goes to the Father. Spirit, tell my child to let me in. 
See, what's interesting is that when we pray to the Spirit, and we normally pray, take me out, take me out, take me out, or fix this, fix this, fix this, we can have the confidence that when the Spirit goes to the Father, He prays on our behalf of what we need, which the very next verse, He tells us, what do we need? We need to be aligned with the will of God. You may not want to hear this, but sometimes the things that we are going to through may be part of the will of God. You're like, whoa, what? You just really jacked up my mind. And I don't, I'm not saying God always causes it, but I do know this. If he is sovereign, I know that I know that I know that I know he has allowed it. And I know we do things differently, right? The shootings, if I was God, I wouldn't allow that to go on. We, we can really think that we have a better way to do it. Let me show you. You and I would make for very horrible gods. You wouldn't trust yourself with us, would you? No. He is sovereign. He is on his throne. He knows exactly what he is doing. The Spirit helps us when we are so burdened, when we are so hurt, and, and we don't know what to pray when we are weak. Great news, like the Spirit is like, whew, I got this. Then, then the Spirit comes when we are weak, and you don't have any words like, ah, 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 ah. Spirit says, I got this, and intercedes for us. My wife, you know, we have four children. My wife is, for all you young moms, um, my wife is an unbelievable woman of God. The way, the way she balances out, and she didn't grow up in an easy life, by the way, but the way she balances out loving our church, loving all of you well, loving our kids very well, loving me well, and that alone is a full-time and a half job, just loving me. <laughs> and you guys should know already, any woman who can put up with me is like, it's a good woman. But she, she is so, she just, she's, God has given her a sweet gift. And um, I remember our firstborn, and you can't read this out of a book, but we'd hear our child cry, and, and it's just a cry, and she'd be like, oh, he has a dirty diaper. You mind going to get that? I'm like, well, how do you know? And then the next cry, I'd be like, oh, he's hungry. I'm like, what? And the next cry, it's like every cry she can interpret as something different. And I'm like, how do you know that? I was like, it just sounds like wah, wah. She's like, no, no, no. <laughs> when it's dirty, it's wah, 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 wah. When he's hungry, it's wah, 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 wah. Then when he's ready to get up from his nap, it's wah, wah. I'm like, you're unbelievable. But she could literally, if you're a mother, you know what I'm talking about. Like, you know the cry of your child. You know its tone, you know its voice, you know the babble, and you know what they're trying to communicate, right? How much more does God understand the cry of his children? To know, oh, 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 that's my child's voice. I, I recognize that tone. Oh, I recognize that cry. That's one of deep despair and anguish. I recognize this cry. That's one of deep loneliness. I know that one. I recognize this cry. My, my child is hurt because their child has gone wayward. Isn't it amazing that without using words, he recognizes the tone of our cry, the tone of our anguish. 
without having to use any words. Now, I'll close with this and we're done. It's, it's amazing that when we at a, are at a point where we're so weak, we don't feel like praying, we don't know what to pray, the Spirit, did you almost just see this? Whew, I got you. And then, then you're just groaning, you're, you're attempting to pray, you're, whew, I want to see it for you. And then what's great is that the Spirit of God aligns with the will of God because the Spirit of God knows what's best for us better than we know what's best for ourselves. This is where we really need to thank God for unanswered prayers. This is where our faith really kicks in when we're not getting our way, yet we're praying and praying and praying and praying. Uh, Paul, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 through 12, he says that he prayed to God three times, take it away, take it away, take it away. You know God's response? My grace is sufficient. God didn't take it away. So maybe you need to stop praying, take it away, take it away, take it away. You need to pray, God, I need your grace, I need your grace, I need your grace. This word, I love it. This word intercedes for us. It's really interesting how God is so specific in this text. This word intercede denotes a operation rescue mission. Isn't that amazing? So God specifically uses this word, intercedes, that denotes a operation rescue mission, which means somebody is in trouble and somebody's coming to help. So when you are in trouble, the Spirit is already present, but the Spirit knows how to help. My, my wife and I, we love to watch these movies where it's like people get rescued and there's there's the people who run in and everybody else is running out. I have so much respect for first responders. Because we have several in our church. I think of Bubs here. But when everybody else is really running out, and there's a person in need, whether they're wounded or not, they're in need. The first responder puts everything aside with total sacrifice and runs in. When Jesus saw humanity and understood the brokenness and the depravity and how that separates us from God forever. Guess who came running in? Intercede? A rescue mission. And here's the beautiful thing, that when Jesus died on the cross for the sins of humanity, it's almost, let me just put it in tangible sense, if you take my hand, I got you. If you take my hand, I got you. And some of you were in deep despair, dying and going to hell, and you grabbed his hand, and he lifted you out. And some of you are in that position, and you're drowning. Let me just tell you, you can't rescue yourself. Nobody can intercede for you but Jesus. Will you reach out to Jesus? Let's pray together.